Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's better than this? Guys, me and dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. It's Joe Marino and Kyle Krabs from the Draft Network, and we are your hosts here on this Tuesday episode of the show. Chris Schubert floating around doing the production type stuff, and we're brought to you by Bet Online. And folks, you know football season's over, but basketball's not. It's in full steam for both pro and college hoops. From all the latest odds, totals, player performance props to where the next fired coach is going to land, Bet Online is the number one spot for all of your sports betting needs. Check them out. Head on over to the website. Sign up today. We'll give you a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code BELIEVE to get started. And it's not just basketball. Bet Online is your source for hockey, boxing, and UFC, even the Vegas casino games. It is your number one online wagering destination. And Bet Online is where the game starts. Kyle, happy Tuesday to you. Happy Tuesday. I assume I'm going to be torn a new one today on the show. Is that the plan? I mean, we're, oh, we're talking torn about a mock a draft. You know, yeah, I mean, you know how these things go. Is that, is that how many bullet points do you have? How many complaints have you filed? <laughs> I don't have any complaints to file. I, I certainly have our, uh, I guess, superlatives to discuss here. And oh, um, I have some takes, but, but, some superlatives. um, you know me, me on superlatives. I love to tell a good story through superlatives. So we're looking at Kyle so Krabs, 2022 yeah. mock draft post combine edition. It posted yesterday on the draftnetwork.com. Fresh out of the combine. A lot of uh, movers and shakers based on those results. And we're going to dig into it here today. So I guess we're, I'm, I feel like you need to go first on all of these. Because yes, it's my mind. I, I agree. Yeah. I I agree. Hey, Chris and I talked I about that a little bit before you came in. A little bit. Yeah, so I'll okay. I'll give you my thing and you can respond to it. Or if you have something that you know you want to add as your own that I, yeah. I want to make sure I pound the table for, uh, particularly right, so. by my um, sneaky good pick. But that's good. We can. Ooh, okay. Let's have some fun. Let's do it. All right. Well, I I have honors the whole way. Um, starting with my favorite pick in this first round and my eyes go right to number 10 new york jets sauce gardner the corner from cincinnati i love this pick and partly because i look at the jets roster and i obviously see big holes in a, in a number of places but the resistance out there over the cornerback thing for robert Sala's defense i think is a little overblown and I think if you watched that defense last year you realize that they need some help at cornerback I think Bryce Hall has a chance to be an answer but they need a, a true number one guy I mean if you're going to make if you're going to make up the ground in the AFC East you better have some corners on the field that can match up and look at this AFC in general it, it's it's really good passing offenses you want to have a chance got to be able to stop the pass Ahmad Gardner perfect scheme fit for Robert Sala good length Good athleticism, like him in press, like him in zone. And, um, you know, I, I feel like he can be a real answer. And you got to love the way that this guy's wired. We had a chance to uh, get to know him a little bit more at the combine. 
And when you're talking about adding foundational pieces to your football team, which is what the Jets need, I think from a skill set and an overall makeup perspective, Ahmad Gardner really checks the boxes that the Jets should be looking for. He's got like that quiet, silent assassin type vibe to him, right? Like he's when you meet him in person, it's not like you don't know whether with corners you're going to get the big personality or not. Yeah, and he's got like he's just kind of got like this really quiet confidence about him that I really enjoyed when we got a chance to meet him. So, um, yeah, I, I think that's that's a good choice, Joe. I know it's probably not a favorite pick amongst Chris. Uh, what do you call yourselves? Jets Nation? Gangrene Nation? Like what? Gangrene. Gangrene? Right? Is it Gangrene Nation? Like, what do you identify as? It is uh, the Gangrene Nation is what we refer to ourselves as, yes. Okay. So, I mean, it's, it's probably not a super popular pick with Gangrene Nation, but I like it. You like it. Draft good players. It's a lifestyle, right? So, Do you know who likes it? Chris yeah. Schubert. Because Chris Schubert good. informed me that his, his new Jets – draft angle that Dream he scenario. wants is am i allowed to say it chris or is this, no, this listen, is, <laughs> listen we're workshopping this i'm not really ready to reveal okay. this to the public you're not I ready to get, get roasted you mean not ready because <laughs> i'm here to tell you the only thing i'll tell you is sauce gardner wouldn't be the pick for the jets at 10 he'd go someplace else okay oh he he puts you in your place okay that that I'm might be my biggest surprise of the mock no, my favorite didn't. biggest surprise of the mock uh, my favorite pick, real quick, is uh, Devontae Wyatt at 22 to the, the Las Vegas Raiders. We knew they needed some help up front, but I did not truly appreciate the players remaining under contract for the Raiders on the interior defensive line. Joe, P.J. Johnson, Andrew Billings, and Kendall Vickers. Not that's good. It. Yeah, That's all they got right now. And that's going to change, right? We know that's going to change, but... Imagine taking Devontae Wyatt and placing him in a place that has Yanni Kangakwe and Max Crosby on it. And now you got a penetration three tech style defender who can move up and down the front if you want him to. I like that fit a lot. Biggest surprise is the next one. And my biggest surprise when looking over this mock draft is that we only had two first round quarterbacks and their names are Malik Willis and Matt Corral. No Kenny Pickett. And then, I mean, obviously, no Desmond Ritter, no Sam Howell. I don't advocate for all of them. I, I think we could probably get to three, but I guess for Kenny Pickett to be one of the guys not in this in this uh, mock draft was, was a surprise to me. I, I don't think it's crazy from a valuation perspective. I think it's probably appropriate, but we know that these quarterbacks tend to get bumped, and I, and I was surprised to see Kenny Pickett not be one of the two quarterbacks go in your first round. So here was the challenges. I didn't force any in the top 10, right? I had the Broncos mm-hmm. going Jermaine Johnson. Um, I had Malik going at 11 to the commanders. Once we hit that point, how many of the landing spots did you feel with confidence? The Saints, which did not take one. The Steelers, who did take one. Detroit at 32, when they come back around on the horn and Jacksonville doesn't need a quarterback. Yeah, I think um, I think the the real domino there is, like you said, it's probably Denver. Denver not going quarterback is your path to two, and and in your scenario, that's exactly what happened. Yeah, so that was the surprise for me too. Uh, thinking about like, man, am I really not going to find a spot for Kenny? Um, mm-hmm. But I, 
if we're being honest about the caliber of the rest of the players at the rest <laughs> of the, the places versus right. the caliber of the quarterbacks, and that includes the two who went in the first round. I, I just, I was like, we're going to draft good players, hashtag draft good players, but we're going to draft good players. And like, I'm not going to force the run because we feel like it's what's supposed to happen. And I mean, for New Orleans, New Orleans for me was the big one. It was like, we don't know what their quarterback situation is. There is a realm of possibility in which they bring back Jameis Winston. And that was kind of what I was banking on. Um, but we'll see how that actually, that, that situation playing itself out will greatly and dramatically, in my opinion, dictate how many quarterbacks we actually do get. Well, and I I think this is happening for you as well, as we get deeper into our, our final assessments for this class, I have more first round grades than I anticipated this year. I'm probably going to have somewhere in the mid twenties, which is a fairly high number to begin with. And what's interesting is we've talked so much about this draft and how it's weird at the top. It's weird at the top because there's no quarterbacks that are worth those high picks. We have plenty of really good football players. And so you're talking about forcing day two caliber quarterbacks into teams early when there's legit first-round talent at premium positions, no less, right? You you can get a, a first-round caliber edge or offensive tackle or corner in this draft. It's hard to force that quarterback. It really is. I, I understand that completely. That's how we got to where we got. What do I what do I need to explain to you? What do I need to tell you why? Aha. Uh-huh. So tell me why. And and this isn't necessarily something that I'm forcing you to explain. It's more of a an overall statement here. And it's simply tell me why the top ten won't look like this, where you have four offensive tackles and four edge rushers. I mean, eight of your top 10 picks are on two positions, offensive tackle and edge rusher. And that's a large percentage, right? And, and sprinkled in there is sauce at 10, the, the cornerback and then Kyle Hamilton, the safeties at three, but why can't it look like this? Maybe, maybe the, like the teams will be different for who picks what player, but I, it's never chalk. It's never that simple. There's always surprises. But tell me why the top 10 can't look like this when it's all said and done. I can't because ultimately the scarcity that exists beyond these top four tackles, you have some quality players. A lot of them have questions on whether or not they'll be inside players or outside players. Uh, And then some of the needs that, that exist to draft Falcons with a pass rusher Broncos, I mean, we'll see if the Broncos bring back Von Miller. That might be a good example of, of a way in which the numbers don't add up to 8 of 10 being defensive ends and, and offensive tackles. Um, but there's a very realistic chance that if the Broncos go a different direction because they have Von Miller, the Jets could still go with Jermaine Johnson, who went off the board at 9 in this mock anyway, So uh, because I had them taking Nicky Iquanu at, at number 4. So... Um, I think these are just like they're premium positions. They're where the best players in this class generally live with the exception of Jamison Williams and a couple of the corners and a couple of linebacker to Kobe Dean. This is where the elite football players are in this year's class. And when they play premium positions, everybody needs to get better in the trenches. 
everybody. I don't see any reason why it shouldn't look like this. Whether it will or not is a different story. I think what can be really interesting about this is the order where, you know, look at between Evan Neal and Iquanu, there's, there's a conversation to be had there in mm-hmm. terms of predictively who's going to go higher. Uh, Penning versus Cross, you know, if I feel like the Giants are going to love Penning, will they go with him at five to make sure that they're not gambling with uh, with Carolina at six and, and getting the guy that they want more? And then, I mean, Dane Brugler and Lance Zerline have mocked Trayvon Walker three to the Houston Texans, mm-hmm. and that's above KT. And for Lance, he's gonna wow. he's putting Trayvon Walker above Aiden Kyle. And so I, I think that there's a, a the order of these players is is where it really, really gets interesting. I think this is the right mix, though. Is something preventing you from achieving your goals? What interferes with your happiness? Check out betterhelp.com slash draft dudes. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You can connect in a safe and private online environment. It's so convenient, you can start communicating in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It is professional counseling done securely online. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, all without ever having to sit in an uncomfortable waiting room. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change counselors if needed. It's more affordable than traditional offline counselings and financial aid is available. Find the particular expertise you need online. Don't limit yourself to the counselors located near you. Anything you share is confidential. It's convenient, professional, affordable, and you can check out the testimonials posted daily on their site. I want you to start living a happier life today. And as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com slash draft dudes. Join one over 1 million people who have taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash draft dudes. Sneaky good selection. This one I I found pretty easy to settle on. And I go down to number 28, Green Bay Packers, Boye Mafe, edge out of Minnesota. Really like this pick. And, you know, whenever I do sneaky good picks, I, I tend to go later in the first round. And this definitely qualifies where, look, it's 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 potential. I wouldn't say potential. It's probably likely that Zedarius Smith is is no longer in Green Bay. And we love the emergence right. of uh, Rashawn Gary last year. But you're definitely going to be looking for more pass rush. And for a guy like Boye Mafe, with all of those tools to be there and in a really good scheme projection to be that guy alongside Gary and, you know, Kenny Clark's in that front seven, I really liked that pick a lot. I think that was the this, this sneaky good pick late in the draft that I thought was good value, position of need, and and just a really good fit. Mine comes a few picks before that. Number 24, Perrion Winfrey to the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Dallas has shown that they appreciate a good Oklahoma defensive lineman with the selection of Neville Gallimore a few years back. Yeah, uh, I think Perrion's kind of a different breed, though, as far as what he is as a player. And I think he has potential to be much more of a disruptive player, but also kind of play some end, some some base sure. end for them, too, if they wanted to. Or I, you yeah. know, so, yeah, you know, kind of play him in the B gap and, and either at a penetration role or a gap control role. You know, he played on the nose at Oklahoma. He's got experience in close quarters and, and in heavy traffic and taking on double teams and you know that's an area of, that's going to be an area of improvement for him but i think if you put him in an aggressive more of an aggressive front that puts him off the center 
I think you're going to really unlock a lot of potential for him. And you think about what Dallas has in Demarcus Lawrence and what they got this year as a pass rusher from Micah Parsons and uh, adding another piece to that puzzle that you can really generate some favorable matchups with on the front. uh, I really like as as a potential answer for them. So uh, Winfrey at 24, I think this is probably as high as, Anybody at TDN has mocked him. I can't speak for for outside circles. It might be a hot take. I don't. I genuinely don't know. But I'm just trying to connect the dots here, and uh, I think Winfrey would fit really well within some of the other pieces in that Cowboys front. I like that pick a lot. Uh, best value is next up, and it has um, to be I thought thirty-one, right? You think it has to be thirty-one? Um, no, I don't. Oh, okay. I, I, maybe that could be your Excuse answer, me. but for, for, for me, me, this was your choice for favorite pick, and I debated this being my favorite pick as well, uh, but it's Devontae Wyatt uh, going 22 to the Las Vegas Raiders, and I mean, you, uh, you've you already detailed what's under contract right now for this defensive tackle room, and I think Devontae Wyatt's the top defensive tackle in this class. I mean... I know that Jordan Davis overshadowed a lot of the other defensive tackle performances, but Devontae Wyatt was really special with his athleticism, which you see on tape a ton. And um, I'm excited by him as a pass rusher. He's a stout run defender. I I like his range. He's a really good football player that fits a a massive need for the Raiders. And, you know, I'm not going to lie. He's a dream pick for me for the Bills at 25. And to see him get to 22 gives me a little hope, although I, uh, I don't think I don't think he – I mean, how does he get by the Raiders, right? That seems impossible. And then, you know, right. to get by Dallas as well? Come on now. The, that's a perfect fit for both teams, and uh, I think this is a dream scenario for the Raiders to get wide at 22. So if we look above the Raiders, I could see him being a fit for the Eagles. All about you. For Wyatt. sure. Absolutely. Yes. I could see him being a fit for the Chargers. At 17, yes. uh, Eagles, of course, back again at 16 and, and 15. How about the Baltimore at 14? I don't think it's not yeah. outside of the realm of possibility no. when you consider that Matt of Week is a, a yeah. high investment for them who's projected to play a prominent role in the front. They may lose Calais Campbell and don't think that's don't think that's crazy. How about the Browns at 13? Million percent. Million percent in play. How about the Vikings at twelve? Million percent in play. <laughs> so, like the list. I mean, the Vikings at twelve is probably the ceiling. Ceiling, right? right. But his I mean, basement I mean, being Dallas. We, right. We got five or six teams in a twelve pick yeah. stretch. That's like I would not be surprised at all if Devontae Wyatt ends up <laughs> being the pick there. So, uh, yeah, Joe, I hate to throw some cold water on you this morning, but yeah, uh, I wouldn't get too it. excited about seeing him at twenty two and thinking that. <laughs> There's a good chance. Let me live uh, and dream. Buffalo at 25. <laughs> uh, for me, so it was I, 31. Kenyon, yeah. Kenyon Green. Um, I mean, Cincinnati being able to stay put and, and get a player of that caliber. Uh, I understand, you know, you, you'd maybe ideally like an uh, offensive tackle if you were going to be drafting in this spot. I know Jonah Williams uh, had a nice year this year, and it was, we finally got to see him stay healthy. So that was a nice plus. Uh, but I just got to take the best available offensive lineman. And for Kenyon Green to be here at 31 when 
He's a very high floor player in my mind. Uh, mm-hmm. I think that gives you a great sense of peace knowing what you're getting to put into one of those interior spots. Fully agree. The last one is I don't get it. And Chris has already accused me of, of not wanting to be critical of, of Kyle Krabs. But I got to be honest with you, I felt, I felt like this mock draft was was very, very logical. I didn't look at anything here and say, wow, I just don't see that. So I'm going to say two things here. The first one is if you had to pin me down, what I would pick, and then I kind of want to pin it back on you and say, who's mad at you, right? Like what fan bases are coming at you, which is an inevitable uh, part. I don't, of- I don't read the comments. Oh, come on. You got, you got something. If you had to pin me down and say, yep. I don't get it, I would say George Karloftis, 26 of the Titans. Uh, I, I like the I like the idea of them going with an edge. I think that's a reasonable thing to get to, especially if Harold Landry is to leave in free agency. And you you mentioned that in your analysis. Well, you know, if he stays and they have Dupree and Landry, you're probably not going to consider this to be a a, a real a real pick. Um, so I, I appreciate the angle that you took there. Uh, I just I look at the receivers that went right after Drake London, uh, Jahan Dotson, Chris Olave and get excited about them a little bit more than I would George. So if you pin me down, that's what I would okay. say. But I'm interested if you know if there's any uh, hot fan bases that don't get a pick that you made for the team. I'm, I'm surprised you didn't include um, quarterbacks. Not having more. Well, I, already two, did. I know we already yeah, touched on it. Yeah, I already did it, that. With, but yeah. I know Joe Marino loves a good double dip time and time again, so just kind of was expecting that to be the path that we took. Uh, Kyle to doesn't get how Joe the, didn't double dip. <laughs> I think the team, the feedback that I got the most was angry Dolphins fans, ironically. Uh, they wanted Chris Olave, and I think Chris Olave is a better <laughs> – yeah, here's the thing. Last time I did a mock, I gave Zion Johnson, and everybody was pissed off. And then you roll, roll out of bed two days ago, and Zion Johnson's like a consensus favorite projection <laughs> for the Dolphins, right? Well, I've been sitting here saying how great of a receiver Chris Olave is, and then all of a sudden, you don't give him Chris Olave when he's on the board, and, well, I really think we should have taken Chris Olave, which I get. But it's the same spirit of conversation as what was applied to Jalen Waddle versus Jamar Chase. Your quarterback is Tua Tagovailoa. The team has made a commitment, it seems, to continue to roll with Tua Tagovailoa, instill confidence in him, and bring in people capable of building an offense and seeing what they can get out of him. And the other narrative that existed here was Dotson's too small, McDaniel's offense needs wide receivers who can block, which has been a narrative we've pounded on Locked On Dolphins for since the hire was made, which I get, but they're going to, they're going to have to be able to find balance in how their personnel groupings are used, what the formations look like, who's to the run strength, who's going in. Like, I don't think it's a deal breaker that you have two receivers on the team that are 5'10", 185, 190 pounds in Jalen Waddle and Jahan Dotson, if he's the pick. And he was the pick over Chris Olave, who, by the way, is not a big wide receiver ever. For those of you who are mad that I didn't pick a big <laughs> wide receiver who can block. Because your quarterback is Tua Tagovailoa, And Chris Olave wins where, Joe? Down the field. Vertically down the field. Now, I think he can develop into a more nuanced receiver who can win to all three levels. Otherwise, I wouldn't have him evaluated where I do. But 
I think Jahan Dotson right now, he's much better after the catch. And mm-hmm. that's another area of emphasis for Coach McDaniel. Uh, I think he is just as capable of winning in traffic. Uh, I think he's competent in pushing vertically down the field, but he wins more in the areas of the field where Tua Tungvaloa's heat map is going to be at its most intense, which is inside of 15 yards. I would rather have Jahan Dotson for those routes and concepts than Chris Olave. So, But I do think Chris Olave is a better player, but it's not just take a better player, it's take the best fit. Correct. So, yeah, Dolphins fans, for the second straight mock, angry with me for a pick. We'll see if Dotson becomes a crowd favorite here in the next couple weeks. I don't know. (laughs) Then you'll get yelled at for not giving him Dotson next time around. Right, right. Although, at least this time, Kenyon or Zion Johnson was off the board at 23. Uh, So, um, that was the biggest bit of feedback that I had got. And and I liked how the Combine changed this landscape because this was a maybe not in the top 10 but I think probably the second half of this mock was where I saw the most new names and the most new fits and I really appreciated having this fresh off the combine to have a new perception of player resumes and kind of get a feel for where the buzz within the league was for some of these players so I don't know if if you review that mock and you feel the same way, but that was definitely a takeaway of mine was like, this one's a little different than kind of the, the lane that we've been staying in uh, throughout the course of the, the actual season. Yes, I would agree with that. There was definitely, you could feel the shifts um, for sure. And that's a, an important data point is the combine to gain clarity on, on a lot of things. Um, partly the, you know, being able to get some information to help you forecast things better, but gain clarity when it comes to sizes, you know, measurements, testing, mm-hmm. which all factor into the evaluation and they're tiebreakers and they can move guys up and down. And I thought this mock reflected a lot of what we learned uh, over the past week. Beautiful. Well, we hope everybody enjoyed this discussion on a uh, post combine 2022 NFL mock draft. We uh, certainly hope you hit subscribe to the, ch- to the, uh, the podcast, to the channel. Uh, we hope you enjoyed the video version for those of you who partook in the video version. Uh, we have a lot of great content coming the rest of the week. And that's all I'm going to say. So make sure you hit subscribe, follow along. We thank our friends over at bet online for their continued support of the show. We hope you make it a great Tuesday. Happy franchise tag deadline day. Let's hope for some good action between now and four o'clock. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.